You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. In today's podcast, as intelligence services increasingly link Russia to the cyber attack on Ukraine's power grid, we discuss speculation about possible motives. Iran, Saudi Arabia, and ISIS ramp up their mutually antagonistic postures in cyberspace. We have more on MSISOFT's discovery and description of the JavaScript-based ransomware-as-a-service tool, Ransom32, and we talk with the CyberWire's editor about some of these latest developments. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Wednesday, January 6, 2016. To most observers, and those include, according to reports, U.S. intelligence services, Russia looks like the most likely suspect in December's cyber attack on the Ukrainian power grid. That the rolling blackouts were caused by a cyber attack is increasingly clear, but how the attack actually worked, however, remains a matter for investigation. As ESET's reports suggest, signs point to black energy malware as the toolkit used in the operation. Black energy was found in affected networks. But some industry observers think it's too early to close the case, especially since much black energy functionality is not clearly related to a capability to manipulate industrial control systems. Other utilities around the world reassure stakeholders they've taken precautions against similar attacks. The motive for a Russian hack also remains unclear. Even given ongoing fighting in eastern Ukraine, the rolling blackouts don't have an obvious operational purpose. Some speculate the episode amounts to dissuasion, or saber-rattling, or capability testing. In its own bit of dissuasion, by the way, the U.S. Treasury Department has finalized and announced its system of sanctions for hacking. Saudi Arabia and Iran seem poised to escalate their ongoing tension into conflict in cyberspace, although neither state has, as far as it's known, used its full cyber-attack capabilities. ISIS, implacably hostile to both Iran and Saudi Arabia, has renewed its denunciations of the Saudi regime as tyranny and Saudi soldiers as apostates. Shiites, Christians, and Jews come in for their usual share of odium in Dash social media. Western services are still working out their information operational response. ISIS hasn't shown much ability to hack, but there are no questions about its ability to inspire. Genius Jordan, known for attacks on Kuwaiti and Nepalese sites, defaces Ugandan foreign ministry sites with protests of U.S. and Israeli actions in the Middle East. In Southeast Asia, Anonymous takes down Thai police sites to protest death sentences handed down in the case of two murdered tourists. The hacktivist collective sees the suspects as having been railroaded for the sake of Thailand's tourist industry. Analysts review Ransom 32, which MSISOP described earlier this week, In regards to Ransom32's JavaScript-based ability to affect different operating systems, MSISOFT CTO Fabian Vosar told the CyberWire, quote, The way Ransom32 works leads to the logical conclusion that upcoming versions will target multiple OSs, whereas most ransomware is confined to a single or a limited number of OSs. 
Herr Vosar also thinks Ransom 32 is disturbing in its crimeware as a service distribution. Quote, you can configure your very own ransomware and buy it from the website, he told the CyberWire. While this isn't entirely new for malware in general, in the ransomware segment specifically, it is innovative. Emsisoft also points out that whoever put Ransom32 together did their crypto homework and got it right. That doesn't always happen with crimeware, whose work is as susceptible to bugs as is legitimate software. We see an example of such bugginess with the competing ransomware Linux.encoder, now on its third release and still, according to Bitdefender, crackable. We'll keep an eye on Ransom32, and you should too. In other news, Rapid7 finds issues with Xfinity's home security system, and Android patches five security flaws. Do look to the security of your Android devices. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. I'm joined by John Petrick, editor of the CyberWire. John, once again, the situation with the Ukrainian power grid is in today's edition of the CyberWire. Why attack the Ukrainian power grid? Why is this a target for Russia? Power grids can be attacked for all sorts of reasons. They're military objectives. A power grid, for example, could uh, be the thing that you're using to run your air defense systems, things like that. That doesn't seem to be the case here at all. There doesn't seem to be any direct military payoff. So speculate about Russian motives. And most people think that it was Russian security services who were responsible. That's, the Ukrainians say that. And there are reports today that U.S. intelligence services are reaching the same conclusion quietly. So why would they do it? And the best speculation seems to be that it is a form of deterrence, a kind of dissuasion, letting an opponent know that you can hold important things at risk. Why now? Well, at the beginning of January, Ukraine is uh, has been scheduled to start some closer moves towards integration with the European Union. So there's that. And that certainly is a development that would be unwelcome to the Russians. 
In other news, uh, again today we talked about the new Ransom 32 uh, exploit. Why is this one particularly noteworthy? It's interesting because, uh, and Emsisoft is the outfit that found and described the ransomware. It's interesting because ransomware hasn't so far been offered under a crime as a service model on the black market. Uh, there's plenty of ransomware that's been out there, but it hasn't been distributed in this particular way. And Ransom32 is. It uh, looks like a turnkey solution, and it's something that uh, you can uh, use with relatively little skill. So that's interesting. It's also dangerous. Uh, all ransomware is dangerous, of course, and most people will know that what ransomware does is encrypts a user's files and then asks him for money or her for money so that they can receive the encryption key and, and get their files back, get the use of their files back. So they're always dangerous. But this is particularly dangerous because the, the people who wrote the crimeware seem to have done, as Emsisoft says, they've done their homework when it comes to encryption. They've done it right, uh, they say. And that may sound simple, but as Emsisoft points out, there are a lot of pieces of ransomware that have been buggy, and this one seems not to be buggy. There is some buggy ransomware in the news today. There's a competitor called Linux Encoder, and it hit its third release, and Bitdefender is already saying, we can decrypt it, we can break it. So the criminals who write software have just as many problems as the legitimate people that write software. It's good to remember that. So are we heading towards a point where, you know, anyone can can spend a few dollars in bitcoins, uh, you know, run run their own ransomware uh, program and, and profit? I don't know that anyone could do it. You certainly don't need a lot of technical skill to use these solutions, which is why they're successful on the black market. So you can get these things and use them without being a genius hacker yourself. And that's why they're disturbing. There's a kind of proliferation going on with them. If people want to learn more about the Ransom32 exploit, uh, where can they go? I would go right to the people who discovered and described it. I think you can find out a lot of good information at msysoft.com. All right, John Petrick, once again, thanks for joining us. Struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity? Don't worry, you're not alone. Join industry leaders from Fortune 500 organizations to secure your apps on any cloud with any IDP, regardless of your environment's complexity. Meet Strata's identity orchestration platform, Mavericks. Say goodbye to the headaches of app refactoring and legacy tech debt. With identity orchestration, you can modernize legacy apps to use MFA or passwordless authentication in a few weeks, migrate from one IDP to another, and so much more without changing the app. No matter your IAM use case, Strata extends the value of your current identity investments. And the best part? You can try it for free today. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire to share your biggest identity challenge, and they'll hook you up with a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Don't miss out. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire. That's strata.io slash cyberwire. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.
Hi, everybody. It's Maria Varmazas here, your host over at T-Minus Space Daily, and sometimes a guest on Hacking Humans, too. We here at N2K CyberWire work hard to bring you concise, intelligence-driven news and commentary, and we'd like to know how we're doing. Please take a few minutes to complete our audience survey and share your feedback to help us continue to grow and meet your needs. Visit cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com survey to get started. Thanks so much for your input as we reach for the stars. It means the universe to us. Thank you.